Welcome to the Garden of Eden. Dammy be asking the questions for the answers that you want to hear. All you gotta do is sit back, grab a chair, or listen up while you clean and cook. Take a leaf from the creative's book. These gems open your mind and your heart. Okay, the show's gonna start. Cheese. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I have a very special guest in Maisie Barlow, who is an award-winning actress, a poet, and a coach within the artistic space. Now, unfortunately, on this week's episode, my audio was not really uh, up to scratch uh, due to some production issues on my side, although Maisie's audio is perfectly fine. I'm really sorry about that. I hope you're still able to enjoy the podcast and find a lot of value in it. Anyway, without further ado, thanks for watching and hope you enjoy this week's episode. Oh, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into it. Don't worry. I'm going to introduce the podcast now, though. Welcome, uh, everyone, to the Garden of Eden podcast. Um, this is where ideas grow. And I'm adding something new, actually, because obviously people are listening on YouTube. Please, like, if you see the subscribe button below for more podcasts, thank you, Maisie. Yeah, keep putting down. Subscribe button below. Just if you like it, only if you like it, just click it. If you like it, you might as well. Because then even you'll if you don't get... like it, click it. <laughs> no, even if you don't like it, it's just one little action. It makes me feel good, makes you feel good, makes a difference in the world, clearly. So yeah, get um get subscribing. Um, as you probably guessed, I'm with a special guest, uh, Maisie, who is an actor, a poet. I've seen some of her stuff as well, which is really good and we're gonna get into it um and recently a coach in the last like couple of years as you were as you were describing um so Maisie welcome to the podcast uh, <laughs> how how are you doing uh, and especially obviously with the pandemic having lasted a lot longer than I think anybody really guessed for how how are you doing among all the I guess changes or the yeah the, I guess the emotional mental toll that is taken obviously industry-wise as well like Jesus it must have been a huge shake-up how are you feeling amongst all of that it's hard to answer in like a single sentence I suppose it's like personally I'm doing okay and I think that's because I suppose I've slightly changed trajectories. Like I'm not necessarily in the acting world as much as I used to be, um, which happened just before like the pandemic. It even it was 2019 that I kind of stepped away a little bit from from the industry. Um, so obviously I'm still kind of linked in in a way because I, I had been you know, performing for a living. That's what I was doing, but. Um, so I've seen this kind of, yeah, I suppose whole industry fall to pieces. Um, and I've seen the effect I suppose it's had on people um, in the industry and, and, and beyond. Like there's no doubt that everybody has suffered some sort of loss over the last, however long it's been now, year, year and a bit. Um, 
and I think personally like I've been very lucky because I'm in a training that is incredibly supportive um it's like a therapeutic um using the arts uh training so it's I've got this like amazing band of like sisters <laughs> who yeah. are all doing the same training um and yeah we have kind of just had each other's back and like I've got that weekly check-in and I've I've actually made it a real point this year to like start focusing on me and not putting that pressure on and actually dare I say it it was like quite a relief to have a year where I didn't have to chase anything and there was no like pressure almost like I know that sounds weird but I, I think especially in London like there's this kind of like oh, we've got to do this and we've got to be showing that I'm doing this and blah blah blah, blah, blah. Like, like we were just saying like fast paced and actually just putting a little bit of a pause on that has given me a huge amount of time to go okay am I listening to myself am I being true to myself am I following something that is like good for me and ultimately good for other people and that was kind of my fallout with the industry was like, um, yeah, it was good for me and it was great to get on stage and like do a show and get the applause and all of that. But like, I couldn't really justify it because I didn't know who I was helping, like directly. Um, and is that a reflection that you got just during the, the pandemic or was that something that you've thought about before and now you've had the time to really go deep with the with deep with that um that train of thought mm, I think it was it's been ruminating for a while like I've been questioned like I, I you know the acting industry is notoriously like setback after setback so you kind of have to question while you're doing it all the time and when you lose sight of why you're doing it or you kind of ask yourself that question like it, it was almost a daily thing for me like okay I'm waking up I'm like you know and for a long time there was no doubt in my mind I was like yeah I'm an actress this is what I'm gonna do till the day I die like I'm not ever gonna change like this is it and then I had like a very life-changing experience in 2019 um where Ooh. I ended up pregnant wow wow that's going to change life a lot life changed yeah. um, which yeah we didn't i didn't end up having the baby and you know mm. things you know we won't go too far into that but it shifts your mentality <laughs> to say that these like to, it shifts you kind of like who you are in the world, what you mean in the world, like all of those things that had kind of, I've been, I suppose, had in the background um, that were like existing in the back of my mind, kind of came to a fore and it was like, right, okay, <gasps> life has changed. And I was waking Ooh. up and I was going, do I want to act? Like, am I enjoying it? I was going along to like these incredible, incredible acting classes called go hop if anyone's listening um they are incredible and like you're mixing with these amazing amazing other actors and actresses and they're all doing it they're all like you know, you've got netflix stars and like mixed in with people that are recent graduates and like it's just a melting pot for like support and, and an environment to test things out and to keep your craft sharp yeah but i stopped enjoying it 
I realized that when I got there, what I loved most was that check-in in the, in the beginning. Mm. And that like real human connection of, oh, we're all sitting here together. Let's have a conversation. And actually sitting there waiting to perform and then like getting up and performing. I was like, this isn't it. You did you did you feel like you'd lost the love within within yeah. the field and the school set? Yeah, I think so. And like Yeah, I, I that's exactly what had happened. Like I just there was a, a day where I just I went along to this, like I say, incredible workshops. Mm. Like you cannot get any better. Can you name drop? <laughs> or is it, was it was it that level of <laughs> <laughs> listen the, this, the beauty of it, it. <laughs> the beauty of it is the fact that like it is a melting pot for like all different levels um right. and and yeah like what will what will happen is that everyone just holds each other accountable and is like there and is present and is like okay, well, I didn't quite believe you when you got up and like said that line or I didn't quite believe like, oh, maybe you could have done that different or had you thought about doing it this way and then you'd, you know, try the scene again and you'd, it's just like running a little bit of a scene. Like that's what it was. Um, but it was incredibly powerful, incredibly like, and I, I loved the kind of directing bit. So sitting there and like t listening to what they thought and all of those things, but then actually being up there and actually like having the, yeah, I used to love that adrenaline. I used to love that like feeling of getting up on stage and being like, oh yes, it's painful. It's, I'm scared, but I, I'm doing it. And I stopped mm. um, being enjoyable. Mm. Yeah. And because I think like with, with life, because one of the things that I used to operate with quite a lot running running around trying to do different things was thinking that you have a like one passion one thing that is yours that you either have to find or once you find you just <laughs> stick with and that's your thing forever and that's everyone has one <laughs> yeah i mean it's it, yeah like even i guess more more so in a romantic com context mm. where everyone, oh there's the one and then also there is the passion, the thing that I find that I'm really good at, that makes enough money for me to live and I just do that forever. And I think as I've got older and over the years, I've come to realize that it's not quite simple and there's seasons and there's themes where something is really good for you and then other, and then you know you enter a different phase of your life and you realize, oh, actually, you know, this isn't doing what it did for me before it got me to a certain point. And now I need to look at something different. Um, and so you having that realization, did you, did you know that before that happens? Because I know for a lot of people when it does hit, when that does hit them, it's really scary because they attach that idea that this was going to be my thing. But when you realize, oh no, this isn't working. Did you, did you panic a lot or did you know that this wasn't a natural thing to happen. I think like the way that you said it then, like it being almost like this idea of the one in relationships as well, was exa exactly what it was, was like, I ended up breaking up with the industry. 
and it was a messy breakup because I yeah I was like oh well who am I if I'm not Maisie the actress like and that that does it doesn't sit right and then you're like okay so uh if I'm if I'm not doing this and like all the people that had kind of especially with acting I think all the people that are like oh yeah we'll see you on the big screen one day oh we'll see your name in lights and like all of those and, they, and I'd like I just won a whole load of awards like for acting so it wasn't Ooh. like I wasn't doing I wasn't yeah. well it wasn't like I wasn't pursuing and not doing well it was just the fact that yeah I I kind of went I exist and then the acting exists but what had happened was it was almost had become me um and become Ooh. part of my identity and I think if we want to live in kind of trueness to ourselves we have to separate ourselves from everything in terms of career in terms of partner in terms of like um yeah hobbies interests like all of those things yeah they kind of make you up even family you know but what have we got apart from ourselves like what have we got apart from the skin and bones that we find ourselves in and then you know our impact on the world and i see that as valuable our impact what we can do for others how we can serve others and i think Mm. that came with with the pregnancy because it put me into this maternal not so selfish mindset of like living not just for myself and i'd Mm. always been really interested in kind of like helping people and i'd always sit for hours and hours and like talk to people and listen to their problems and like you know go through all of that those motions so when it kind of hit me and clicked i was like wow yeah i i really would think i would get a huge amount of fulfillment out of helping other people mm. but <laughs> in order to do that and there's a but in order to do that i needed to find myself first and i'm still on that journey like i'm still I mean, it's a lifelong journey it's a a lifelong journey I think when you as you start putting yourself in different situations it's it's like a how do I put it so you have all these different situations and they all do slightly different things to your being that maybe you weren't aware of Mm. and there's, there's like an infinite amount of situations that could occur and you you basically don't know how you're going to respond until you put yourself in there. And so I guess in that sense, you're, you're always finding yourself. But I guess in this context, you mean finding, <laughs> I guess, a more stable version of yourself within something. Definitely. But what did, you, what did you do afterwards then um, when, you, when you then stepped out of the person who's an actor because you you know you're not the first person to actually know who's who's done that specifically with mm-hmm. acting who their whole identity was that and then they had to step out so what did you do then um i cried a lot <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean that's that's good it's good it's a release release of emotion so yeah that's good <laughs> but I also I think I like I'm trying to think back like it feels like a, a lifetime ago now even though it's only about 
a year and a bit, two years. Um, I started thinking about like, okay, well, if I'm going to step away from Maisie the actress, I don't almost want this like chapter of my life to have been a, a waste. Um, so I was mm. like, I know that I'm creative. I know that is part of my identity. I know that that is like, I am just a creative person. Like that's what I do. I, I create and that's why I went into acting. So I was like, how can I use creativity for good? How can I, and I started like looking at different courses. I started thinking about like, yeah, different things I could do. Um, I actually applied to a few like drama schools to do their kind of like applied theatre. So I thought, okay, cool. So like not just theatre, but theatre like that with, you know, social good. So going into prisons, like things like that. Like, and that really got me going. I was like, yes, because I've, you know, got friends that have been in prisons that have like come out the other end and like their stories just like enrich my soul. And I'm like, wow, amazing. Sorry, um, just for people listening, applied theatre. So that's that's yeah, is that within a specific con- uh, context or institution? Is essentially like theatre with a purpose. Um, so theatre that, like I say, it's kind of like got this social good aspect, or like community theatre lies within that, and um so like going into communities and saying right we're going to put on a performance piece we're going to get people from the local community to kind of empower and and yeah nourish the local community so it's not just yeah. getting on stage and getting the applause collecting your paycheck all of that yeah. it's like okay right how do i do it with purpose how do i change people's lives for the better through the power of theater so that was yeah. always like okay cool maybe i can do that i applied for the Royal School of Central Speech and Drama and got an unconditional offer. Nice. Um, which was amazing. Like, I was like, yeah. cool, yeah, that's like one of the top scores. I'm like, yeah, wow. Mm. Um, and I went along, um, sorry, then the pandemic hit. So it was like sort of pandemic time. It was, yeah, beginning mm. of last year. Got the unconditional offer. Um, it got to August, actually like mid-August, late, towards late August. And I was kind of ready. I'd got my student finance sorted out. I was like, cool, I'm going to go to university and whew, big scary things. I've never done this before, but I'm going to do it. And it doesn't matter that I'm late because, you know, I know I've got my head on my shoulders now. I know that I'm not going to just go off and party, all of those things. Mm. Um, and something didn't sit right. <laughs> and I went, hmm. I went away for my birthday actually um, and I just like hadn't talked about it the whole weekend and it was meant to be like a joyous occasion and obviously it was my birthday and I was like with my friends and I was like having a nice time and like and I hadn't said once oh yeah I'm starting next month Ouch. and I was like and I, I kind of came away from it and I was like well maybe I'm not that excited and again I had to check myself and I had to go is this the right path yeah and a month before i was due to start i sent them an email and declined my offer wow yeah and applied for another course so applied for the institute for arts and therapy and education so Mm. i say arts in the like plethora sense like 
all of the arts. So you've got image, you've got like, yeah, all of different art forms. And I thought, because what, what kept coming back to me was like, yeah, it's all well and good for me to say, yeah, I'll continue on this trajectory because I know the arts, I know, the, I know theatre. Mm-hmm. But theatre was really the reason that I'd stepped away. Like it was that kind of whole industry that I'd stepped away from. So I was like, so what, am I actually stepping away or am I just taking the safe option? Am I going, oh, because I know this. And and actually when I looked at the um, the course, so the central course, I was like, mm-hmm. actually a lot of the things that they were teaching I'd already done in my career. Right. Hmm. Maybe I maybe I shouldn't be going here. So yeah, a, a month before I was due to start, I declined my place, got an offer at this um, other school, which was an advanced diploma, um, mm-hmm. postgraduate diploma, and I hadn't got a, a graduate degree. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if I can get it or not, but I'm going to try anyway. Um, yeah, I got to try. I got a place, and that's what I'm doing at the moment so I'm almost at the end of that yeah that course (laughs) that's that's sick it's always really sick to hear how the things kind of piece together because I think from the outside when you when you hear about changes or people transitioning into something it can sound like headline it's like yeah I was in the theatre and then I just decided yeah I'm just gonna do this other thing and it's that simple thing oh no it it takes real like I suppose the word is consideration and like Mm. kind of jumping into the unknown because you don't like that's what I did I was like I don't know what this is gonna hold I don't know what this is gonna be um Mm. and it scares the out of me (laughs) but (laughs) I'm gonna go for it um and and it, yeah it's worked out it's definitely worked out yeah that's that's sick especially the, the that that up and down journey to get there when you find the place of not necessarily comfort but one where you know okay this is a journey that i'm really tied to and i want to embark on going through those hardships feels it's it's a nice story to have right once you've overcome the turbulence um before we get into the what that what the the course is like though um obviously like we like i mentioned earlier we met at the at the fringe and you were featuring a very uh, very popular play uh, i might say um but what what initially got you into acting i know you said you had some realizations of what acting was doing for you but um, I, pro- I probably guess that that wasn't what you thought initially so what initially brought you into wanting to even become an actor and making that part of your your personality it's interesting because I've, I've been looking back recently and I'm like ah, yeah really interesting that that was like my reason for being an actor um so I always first of all I was good at it (laughs) I wasn't very good at school um I was one of those like mediocre students so I was kind of like okay at everything not too bad at anything just kind of got by whatever but the thing that I excelled in what that I always excelled in was like performing arts 
acting, drama, that side of things. So that was kind of like, okay, well, people are seeing that I'm, I enjoy it, but also I'm quite good at it. So obviously I kind of like went along with that. Um, and I suppose it started because I liked being, um, being other people. I liked uh, stepping outside of my own skin <laughs> and yeah. yeah being someone else for a bit um which now I'm kind of going oh probably because I didn't like myself very much as a teenager you know <sighs> yeah there's you know some real hard lessons this year and like one of them is I did not like myself and therefore it was easier for me to be somebody else Ooh. So there was that, but there was also this, like, when I really started getting into it and when that's when I, like, the, the sort of passion took hold of me and I was like, yeah, this is it. I'm going to do it. I'm just, just going to go for it. Um, it was, I liked the idea that theatre and performance could challenge and change, like, perceptions. Yeah. So what I stood on stage so I, I the show that you were talking about i did um which was a one woman show just me in a chair like sitting there and it's crazy by the way like <laughs> the, the, the the fact that you were able to win and be nominated for so many awards with that mm -hmm. like with a show where you're the only cast member is crazy what 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 even attracted you to want to be the the, the, act, the main actor for that the, the only actor for yeah, that yeah I mean probably the fact that um I thought again it's like jumping into the the fire pit it's like <laughs> it's probably the scariest thing you can do as a performer is be a one like solo performer so a one person show um and the opportunity arose and uh the writer wanted me and I must say, like, the writing was phenomenal as well. So I can't take all the credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I think, I don't know. I just, I enjoyed getting on that stage and, like, I enjoyed the challenge. I think I've always really enjoyed, like, doing something that's quite tough that I, yeah, don't necessarily know whether I can do it or not, but I'm going to see. <laughs> I'm going to just go for it. Um, and I kind of thought it would give me props in terms of like, it's almost what, what, like I say, what people uh, in the industry gear themselves towards. Like essentially it's like, oh, you know, you see dames and sirs and whatever, like they, oh, doing a solo show of whatever. Um, yeah. And I thought if I can do that nice and early, cause I haven't trained, like technically I've not got any training. So if I can do oh. the hardest thing, this is almost like my training. And if I can do it well, yeah. then it was almost like a badge of honor that I could wear walking into auditions because it was like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. So a casting director's there and I can hold this as, yeah, I don't have training, but <laughs> I've done oh, this. Yeah. yeah. I've got my stripes in the field. Yeah. Like I've been out here. <laughs> You guys are just in the, you, you guys are in the classroom learning. I'm in the trenches actually getting my hands dirty. So you can't chat to me yet. Exactly. <laughs> I feel you. 
I feel you. Um, I knew because because I I obviously I did some research um, prior to the podcast, and I didn't realize that you actually did the show for a number of years, right? Or, or yeah. a, a couple of years, right? So we did. So, um... We did Adam Fringe in 2016, and that was a kind of like first rendition of it. And that's when it kind of, we were like, oh, actually, I think we've got something quite good here. And then there was other festivals that we did. Um, yeah, Brighton one as well, right? Yeah, Brighton Fringe Festival. Um, yeah. And then the, um, i trying to think of the last performance was 2000 and, 18 I think yeah what um because oh, obviously you performed that over a number of years so you must have enjoyed the, the story as well so just to give everyone um and I guess myself as well a bit more context what what was the story about and what attracted you to that as well because I'm sure that plays a part in whether you actually want to do something too hugely I think um so the show follows the story of a mother um whose son has been committed of a crime and it's her kind of reaction to that as well as um, what happens to her in terms of like press coverage coverage and media and her being um, scrutinized for being a bad mother um, and I think the the reason that it did so well as well is because it was an angle that's not usually looked at. So yeah, we get the victim's family and like, this is like real life. We get the victim's story. We're like, oh, you know, they came from this home and this is like the lovely family and, you know, poor victim. But actually what we forget about is the fact that the accused or the, um, yeah, the, the person that's done the crime has a family as well. And so depicting that kind of trauma, I use the word trauma like trauma, um, yeah. of this woman that is like, you know, first knock on the door from the police and your son's been arrested and what? Like we need you to come down to the station and all of that kind of reeling and like step to step to step and then mm. ultimately to like come at the end to this place of acceptance. Um of like being able to sit opposite her son and going, you know, I still love you. I think Ooh. it was like such a journey and like what attracted me to it was just being able to tell a story like that almost gave power to the fact that people like that exist. Mm. And when I said about challenging perceptions, like I had grown men in the audience that would come up to me afterwards and say you made me cry and think about my own mother like, wow. like what i have done in my life that i regret that i am like sorry for and like they're sitting there crying grown men mm, and that, it's like, really difficult. that was like the wow oh my goodness like this is this is incredible and this is what theater can do um yeah wow that's mad powerful, especially because for men, especially grown men from a different generation, difficult for them to express those kind of emotions. So to touch them that deeply is means that the piece was was profound. Obviously, you did a great job delivering it through your being too. 
Um, and yeah, it's, it's true, you know, a lot of people don't think about the accused when the, the family, sorry, of the accused, um, especially if, you know, you can't control the actions of even your closest family members. So it's, and, you know, getting tarnished with that brush and all the things that I imagine those people, those people go through. Yeah. Did you, did you ever get any, like, other people that were actually, who'd actually been in situations like that come to you or message you or that kind of thing too? No, I mean, it's interesting. This is how the industry works as well. It's like, it's, it's interesting because it was a real success of a show and did really well in terms of, um, I suppose, like, we got awards and, and that kind mm. of thing um, and nominations. But actually bums on seats as we call it in the industry like people actually watching we didn't have packed out theaters we didn't have but like the few people that did come and see it like it touched them and like that's mm. the nature of edinburgh as well you kind of go oh yeah we had packed out audiences and sold loads and like made lots of money or we got the very very rarely like the top naught point something percent um probably get both but yeah, it's, right. very much, it's interesting how it plays out. It's really interesting how mm. it plays out. Um, so no, I, I didn't have any, I, I had someone that had, had been in that situation as in like had done an awful lot of crime. Um, mm. And like I said, um, like the other guy that had come up to me afterwards crying, um, he'd said to me like, you've, you've completely changed my life in a way that I never thought possible because I'd never, yeah, like I've never thought about how, how my actions had affected my family. Mm. Wow. wow. How does it make you feel when you, especially with the realizations you have now, how does, does that still make you feel good that you have that impact? Yeah, it makes me feel really proud. Um, I think, I don't know, it's, it's almost like it didn't, it's strange, like, it's almost like it's a different lifetime, like it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, yeah, reflecting on it, I'm like, wow. Imagine if, like, I mean, the dream for me was to continue that momentum and like, you know, get it on Ooh. elsewhere and like, you know, my dream, absolute dream was Trafalgar Studios. I was like, get me to Trafalgar Studios. Yeah. Let me do a little studio show. Like, absolutely incredible. But um, like I said, the the industry um, is geared to, I don't know, to who you know. And, and because I hadn't trained, because I hadn't got those connections, family connections. Um, mm. Yeah, I just, I, it just kind of skyrocketed and then, fell off yeah. I've actually been hearing a little bit about this as well in the industry mm -hmm. about family connections I think I've read I might have read something um a couple of weeks ago talking about how you know most people in the creative industry that are like filmmakers I think it was in this in this context and that I think it was a tweet where someone said oh yo listen if you're if you don't have the connections with family and things like that like it's going to be expensive for you to run these things and don't ex 
don't put that pressure of having to be the big thing because for a lot of people that are, they have that. Um, the family ties and all those things. Is that, is, is that really, is it, is it really that prevalent in the... I, in I the would say so. Yeah, I think... Um, I suppose it's with any industry, really. Like, any industry's got an element of who you know and, you know, if you're... If you, mm your uncle works in it then cool you've got that kind of helping hand or but very much so with with yeah the acting industry i think it's um and yeah filmmaking as well it's 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 almost like a closed club that yeah you have to get vip access to and i think i did find it incredibly hard when like i said I, i'd earned my stripes i'd got my badge of honor i'd like got awards and i still was met with that resistance of uh, <laughs> you don't fit the don't mold know. of what we don't know. yeah 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 you have xyz family mm. this went to this college or school and yeah worked yeah. with this person who is in this industry so okay you get through if not doesn't matter what you did doesn't matter we're just gonna keep you off to the side and i'm guessing in part that must have, I mean, i'm guessing in part that must have been something that also made you want to step into something else mm, definitely i think it had this um i think looking back again like I almost would walk into auditions knowing and probably because I knew that I, you know, didn't belong there. <laughs> um, as in I'd never been in these like yeah, melting pots, these circles before. Mm -hmm. I hadn't trained, I hadn't, you know, I'd done the kind of step by step guide to becoming an actor. Um mm -hmm yeah I, f I felt different i felt like i don't know i don't think different's the right word it's like i knew that there was something um that i didn't have and therefore i think it became then obvious to casting directors and they just went oh she's not really that interested um and it plays like wow. that that's the kind of like what we talk about when it's like so deeply embedded into something that it's it's yeah it's interesting. yeah um, it's interesting though hearing you say that you didn't have any training um, when I see like kind of the you know the awards that you've got and even talking about the impact that you had for your work mm -hmm. so um, I always find it quite interesting and I think anybody who might be thinking about going into that acting space might also find it interesting as how without formal training you then built your skill set what kind of things did you do to improve as an actor? I think um, I was, to begin with, I I kind of had a bit of like a step-by-step -step that I tell people. So I, I finished school, knew that I wanted to act, um, joined like local amateur dramatics groups. So I was kind of keeping my skills and, and tools. I was I was doing it. Um, not getting paid obviously that was just amateur stuff but like learning as I did 
Um, I've then got myself on Star Now, which is like a casting platform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I was like, yeah, I'm just going to put myself on Star Now, see what happens, like do the best that I can with this profile, get myself some headshots, like get someone I know that does photography to do some nice headshots for me. Um, so I was a bit resourceful, like kind of, I suppose, entrepreneurial. Like <laughs> I kind of yeah. went, how can I, how can I break the system in a way that I'm just doing it? Um, and I would I'd do things like student films. Um, I would look in strange places for castings as well. Like there's different um, like Facebook groups and things that like Actors UK or all sorts of different things um, that you can kind of, I don't know, trawl through. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I went from Star Now, got a few uh, credits, I suppose, and then went on to Casting Call Pro, which is now Mandy, um, Actors Network or Performers Network. Um, and then got some more credits. And then, yeah, it was just through persistence, really, of go, going along to um, one day trainings at my local theatre or um, they'd maybe get in a theatre company. And I mean, I grew up in Derby, so Derby Theatre was great for like getting in external companies to come in and do, I don't know, like a, um, we had, I think Complicite did a um, workshop with us or all sorts of different theatre companies that were already doing it, doing really well. They came in, did a day training or did a day like masterclass and just getting in there and like doing, so I talk about not having training and really it was just like more of a, bit by bit um yeah thing so I would be training I was going to like master classes and things like that when I could afford to but I was also kind of working a part-time job and you know juggling everything and kind of mm. like just spending every waking moment on my laptop like searching through castings applying to castings making sure that I sounded like interested and not just copy and paste job but like a oh, I'm really interested in your theatre company. I saw such and such at the such and such. So like wow. making real connection so that it's yeah. essentially one day someone goes, oh, okay, yeah, let's get her in. Yeah, and oh, then, like, proper hustling. Yeah, doing the, um, the one woman show got me an agent. So that like changed gear. I got an agent, which is great. Um, Did that make I, things a lot easier for you? uh land more or get into more conversations and spaces i think it was more uh more auditions in terms of like those rooms that i couldn't enter on my own um with an agent i could but i think looking back i'm not really sure what i was thinking at the time but i ended up like ending with my agent um Partly because I moved to London and right. I'm still getting um, sent for jobs and things in the Midlands. And I think in a way, and I've got to just own up to it, like looking back, I was a bit hot headed. I was like, I've moved to London, give me jobs in London. <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah, and I kind of like threw my toys out of the pram and was like no I, I should be you know doing work in London and I need to be like really making an impact down here like I've moved here for a reason like all of those things mm. um and they were and, just like nah. well they, they were like look we can do what we can do but I yeah. think 
I had a bit of a problem with like authority of like someone managing me um, right. and like putting me forward for things that they wanted me to be put forward for and then me being like oh okay and and me almost not really as I say no training so I didn't really know what my like my um what do they call it like type or my casting would be like I didn't know whether I was girl next door or I didn't know whether I was because I was picking mm. up things left right and center I was doing such a range of roles that it was yeah. hard to be like oh I am in this box which actually the industry again really likes they like you to know what you are so that you can just be picked and harvested and put into like these rooms for these people because you fit that box you took that box um mm. and i rebelled against it a bit i was like yeah well i was 21 and i paid a mother so <laughs> I, <laughs> I was 21 i played a 30 year old so <laughs> i know exactly what i'm doing over here thank you very much <laughs> i could be ready i was like come on now <laughs> yeah. oh. In hindsight, would you would you have gone with an approach of pigeonholing yourself to to, to, to conform I guess to find your space in the industry, or are you happy that you still try to to be open to loads of different opportunities? I think, like I I'll always say this: it's like I am so happy with like the way things have panned out, and it's not always been easy. And yes, I probably could have done things differently, but it, I wouldn't be where I am now <laughs> if, yeah, if if I hadn't made those choices, if I hadn't kind of gone down that route of rebellion and of like, I don't fit in and <laughs> I'm I'm different and I can do this on my own and and I think that did bite me in the end and I yeah I I thought that I could do it on my own, um, and then like I say things changed and. I lost the love and mm. I broke up with the industry. <laughs> uh, well, I, I hope you've recovered from the, the initial heartbreak. Definitely. It, it, it looks like, <laughs> Definitely. It, looks like <laughs> it looks like you have. Um, uh, that's that's um that's good to know though that re the rebellious nature. I think for anyone listening, they should if they feel that way, they should. I think yeah try and break the rules because it's not a perfect industry as well that's what we've got to remember like I think as we've obviously it goes back to your pandemic question like how am I coping how am I like we are entering into a brand new set of ways of doing things let's mm. rebuild it in a way that isn't as broken as the old way mm -hmm. more so, that yes, has that, more um, yeah it's, it's, that means breaking rules if that means like getting your voice heard and that's like everybody getting your voice heard like yeah it's worth it it's 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 what it should be and kind of my i suppose my one of the things that i live by is like uh, what lives beyond fear <laughs> is freedom is like you know you've got to push through that kind of oh god it's so scary and I don't really know how to do it and I don't know what the hell is going to happen when I get there and like all of those things but often 
or what I've found is often what lives beyond that is like such a level of well I knew that I was doing it for me yeah. um yeah that's it and it's true because you said that before that you what you loved about doing the one woman show was the fact you love that feeling of wow this is scary this is really mm. hard but then on the flip like the I guess the flip side of that or the other side of the same coin is the freedom that that gives you that you know regardless of that being what regardless of those emotions rising within you you're still you got the freedom so it's like the, the trade-off um so yeah that's that's real did you did you have a favorite that did you have a favorite role that you did like acting as though maybe not one that you wanted to do all the time but one that you actually favored the most was there was there one like that one? I think, to be honest, it was the one woman show, and that's just because of the content and the the like challenging nature of it. And when I say challenging, like yes, challenging for me to perform, but also challenging in terms of um, what I was giving the audience as a question. Because I think any piece of good theatre, any piece of good like storytelling, has got to have this question that it is provoking in the audience it's got to have like meaning otherwise you know it's just entertainment it's just fluff that you you know you may as well watch i don't know reality tv which again no problem with it it's fine but it doesn't have that like message of what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing that's going to help what are you doing that is yeah shifting consciousness or <laughs> these mm. big big questions right the thought provoking the thought provoking work was the thing that attracted you more than a specific role definitely mm. definitely mm. yeah i mean i pers personally i'm i'm with you on that i those are the kind of pieces of art that i gravitate more towards mm. especially musically as well like um some of my best favorite albums are of rappers who've really explored deeply into a particular subject. I mean, yeah, the music that sounds good is good and it's entertainment, it's nice, yeah. but yeah. Those, those things, because I think, like you said, it, it, it makes you as the ex person experiencing it or consuming it have to take a journey as well and reflect mm -hmm. on the things that are happening within the piece of art and ultimately, um, you know, if a lot, of, a lot of people come into contact with that, then it, you know, allows for conversations, it allows for, um, you know, solutions, allows for growth and actions and, and things to, <laughs> yeah, change, like things to arise from that. Um, I guess similarly in a way the pandemic has forced people to do a, a, a mad amount of things like art mm. that's really good can, can also invoke that. That, that feeling too so yeah um, I'm with you I'm with you <laughs> um what was the experience like for you when you were uh performing at uh like Edinburgh Fringe and even Brighton Fringe what's what's that like because obviously as 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 a person who's been to Edinburgh Fringe and lived in Edinburgh while it was happening 
in uh, in 2018. I'm just there, like watching so many different pieces, and it's all fun and like the vibe of the city is just lit. Like anybody listening who hasn't been to Edinburgh Fringe when the pandemic's over and you're Please able go. to go, <laughs> just go because it, it's sick. It's sick. Like it, I can't really describe it, but it's it's not really something that I've ever had. Like you can't really compare it to London or it's just its own thing. Um well, obviously that's just me as a consumer. Mm. I don't have to do any work to enjoy any of it, really. So for you as a performer, and especially because I'm imagining you are performing for the majority of that three, four weeks. Mm. What is it like there, uh, and, and not even just you performing for that amount of time, like so many other things going on, What what's that experience like? Overwhelming, <laughs> in a word, like yeah. really overwhelming, exhausting, um, quite like exhilarating, I suppose. I'm just throwing all these words at you. But like, no, it's it's very, exactly what you said is it's like no other experience and I think as I said you really have to check your mental health you really have to like make sure that you're looking after yourself because you can get so swept up in you know the parties and this and that and oh well I want to see a show and oh what I'm do this and oh yeah but oh yeah so and so's got a ticket for the VIP bar oh yeah let's do that like and so you're kind of swept with the tide of Edinburgh and like you are just trying to swim and then amongst that you're trying to market your own show which is if you've been down the mile it's where yeah. everybody leaflets and it's handy oh. take this take this come to this come to this <laughs> um and it's it's got this real um yeah energy about it but when your show's not doing well and you just want people to come and watch mm. it's, it's really soul destroying but you've got to still get out there and you've got to still be like come to the best show in the world like you're not gonna miss it <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's 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 such an interesting one but I think my main piece of advice, anyone that does perform there is, yeah, check your mental health, make sure that you are, um, just give yourself, like, if you're there for the month, give yourself a day a week where you just like chill, don't do too mm. much, switch off, um, sleep a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I suppose when I did it, by mm. the end of the month, I was in a really dark place because I didn't know how to de-roll and it was me Ooh. and the writer up there so it was just us two it wasn't like we had a whole theatre company it wasn't like there was a oh, whole group shit. of us it was like me and the writer and wow. it was this yeah like you're almost a needle in a haystack like you are literally just one tiny little person in this I said like waves earlier like a sea an ocean of culture and talent and because let's face it like everybody there has got some sort of talent and mm. is sharing something that they have worked on that they've worked hard on um so everyone deserves to be seen mm. not everyone can be yeah <laughs> not, not enough bums to put on all the seats that are available <laughs> exactly 
Yeah, wow. Because with with just you and the writer, then you've both got no support, and I'm guessing he's doing the same thing as you, like trying to get people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it became quite hard, and I actually had to put a, a bit of a boundary in place because he was coming to me as we were like getting ready for the show we we're getting ready for the evening performance and he was kind of going like stressing out like oh I don't know whether we've got enough seats and blah 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 and like um and and I was like I can't hear this right now <laughs> like I have just got to do the show <laughs> I have just got to do the show and I've just got to bring it tonight for whoever is in the audience if it's one person I'm gonna do the same performance for them so please I've just got to bring it um, so for me, it was like, yeah, it was it was a roller coaster, a real roller coaster. Yeah, well, I mean, it, in 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 some ways, and I guess in some ways, externally, um, because for you, you had your own journey with with the show, and you got your own experiences, like you mentioned, like people actually coming up and being touched in the way that you want your art to to deliver a, a yeah. message and. You, you got that and then also I guess externally you know you were nominated for a number of awards with the the, the fringe um fringe performances so uh, obviously because obviously another element of everything is like criticism and people's what people think about what it is you're delivering and and I guess more mainly the people who have a more of a platform like the industry heads or the people who do the reviews or give out the awards how how do you deal with with criticism from those people specifically like those people who are in industry with some kind of name that allows them to be seen as a voice of reason how do you deal with criticism from those people specifically I think I mean like I say I I only had a positive experience in terms of I got quite good reviews but mm-hmm. I know people that got really really terrible reviews and it's almost it goes back to what I said about like being Maisie the actress um mm-hmm. and maybe the performer and it almost being like if I had I don't know what would have happened if I'd got those negative reviews that people get because it's hard not to take criticism personally regardless of who it's from like anyone tells you that something you've put you know blood sweat and tears you've worked really hard at you've been rehearsing for months you've put money into to get up there you've you know all of those things anybody whether they are you know an esteemed (laughs) judge on a panel or or knows the industry <laughs> yeah. They're just your average Joe Bloggs that comes in off the street and goes, Oh, well, actually, I'm going to have a little look at this and see what's on. Criticism hurts the same. So I would say it almost you've got to, I don't like the word armoring, but like, yeah, armor yourself for mm-hmm. this isn't personal. This show is not me. Mm. I am me and this is the show this is what I'm doing at the moment and I think for people that self-produced for people that you know a little bit like what we did it was he'd written it I'd helped him kind of 
write it along the way like it was very much our show it was our baby we'd created something that was like rich and 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 full of life from our own experience like from a lot of it was my own personal experience that I was bringing like trauma to the rehearsal room so it was hard then to dissociate and be like this show is not about me um because it kind of is and it's almost like artwork like I said to um I said to someone recently because I've started doing like paintings and drawings and things as well and it's very hard to with art with any sort of art not for there to be an essence of your soul in it <laughs> that sounds really deep but like yeah. good art there is a part of that person living and breathing through it or within it um so i think yeah armoring yourself making sure that you've got like a nice like healthy support network that's going to bring you back up when you get that criticism because like i said mm. criticism from any level it hurts and it's gonna hurt and you're allowed to cry about it but you've got to be able to get <laughs> yourself up dust yourself off and carry on um so yeah, yeah support networks checking your mental health and making sure you're looking after yourself um yeah yeah wise wise words to to take it on because yeah like even 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 for me like just doing this podcast and i've been making music recently i've been very hyper aware of any like critical words or any kind of mm. bit of feedback and I, i'm trying to you know wash away the the initial like visceral reactions but yeah i guess ultimately you have to be ready to take it and, and know even though your soul's in it because yeah your soul is in it you you've dedicated time of your life limited life into something yeah it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna leave some some damage if you do it's gonna it's gonna have an effect if you do if you do get criticism um i mean did you have you have you had to face it at that kind of level um after you've performed in places like the fringe like in i guess in other contexts was, was that something um, it's interesting because actually at the fringe um i can't remember which fringe it was but a one of the performances that we did a uh, producer from america came to watch okay. and was like uh came up to us afterwards and was like yeah i really like the show like here's the contact details like let's you know swap contact details let's keep in touch and um yeah i thought it was great he then sent the writer uh, a message and had said um, I would really like to put this show on off Broadway because it's you know it's really good like great content like yeah I'd like to put it on off Broadway um, and get a named actress to play the part. Mm. Oh man. And the thing is, you know, it's not that because that's not even necessary like criticism, but it not basically is. It's just the same. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was that like? 
painful. Yeah. Very painful. Um, and I think, I suppose, it was one of the reasons that I started questioning the industry as well, because I was like, if I can put all of this energy and time and effort and um, love and pain and like literally every part of my essence into something to be taken away from me like that because of the fact that it would sell better <laughs> with a named actress mm -hmm. yeah i started thinking wow do i do i want to be in an industry like that yeah no, do i want just... to keep putting myself in the firing line mm. because yeah. you can so much as a human you like you can take so much that you do you build up a resilience you build up this you build up that but then me as this person that identified herself as Maisie the actress that did this show that did well it mm -hmm. yeah it was it was really tough it was really tough and it, it kind of broke apart me and the writer's relationship a bit because it was wow. you know obviously he wants to do best for him and he's got to make those calls and and I completely got that as well that was the painful yeah. thing was like I understand and it hurts so much and like I am in pieces right now but I get it and I can't stop you from going mm. after that yeah so man that's a really difficult situation mm. i'm guessing it's probably one of the most difficult you face in the industry because it of something that, that yeah because of yeah. something that um that you were so heavily involved in because you said you, you did say that you helped with some of the writing of the of the yeah, of i mean it. i came on board i came on board and the first i think three pages had been written of the script <laughs> so <laughs> so when I came on board it was really like okay right you need to go away and write the script while I like mm. learn this bit and we need to talk about the character and like I've got a I don't know where it is now but I've got a notebook which is full like absolutely chock-a-block full of notes on the character on who she is on like where she's from on like her backstory on why she had you know her son on like who the father was on like all of that like relationship stuff and like so Ooh. I built this character from yeah from my imagination I suppose um Ooh. and yeah he wrote, he wrote the words and wrote them beautifully and put them into this gorgeous text that was wonderful to speak but yeah it was it was ours <laughs> it was yeah we created together and because as well i think this is another thing about the industry like because i was technically the actress mm -hmm. i was technically the actress i was just the actress like <laughs> that was it so, so it was like yeah all right that, you like... did that but... <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh. That is gonna have you questioning the whole thing, isn't it? Definitely. Definitely. Would you say that that was an inspiration for you in, in just just in a different way? Yeah. Like yeah. to start because I because I seen recently that you started uh directing some pieces. I saw a piece, I think on your LinkedIn actually, of a of a poem with a lot of 
people was was that experience kind of like a uh like oh maybe I should do my own pieces myself was that was that something that definitely I think I've always been of the I think again like being in the industry it's like you are very reliant on other people to give you the role to believe in you in order to you know get you on board and all of these components whereas it was lockdown that I did that video and I was like I have always wanted to direct I have written this poem I don't see myself as performing this poem I can kind of see how it looks I'm in a building full of people and I wonder whether if yeah I mean what is there to lose if I put it out there if I put out a little advert and I say hello I'm Maisie I'm doing this thing and I wonder whether anyone wants to enjoy <laughs> and like come along and and I can buy you a drink in the bar for doing it um and yeah people jumped on it and and that was almost a, yeah a little um a little mini project to prove to myself that I could mm. um and I, I didn't need and, and yeah I think the collaboration and, and everything is like hugely important and like for example that whole thing wouldn't have been a thing if I hadn't got someone on board to do the filming and the the other people that came on board to help perform the poem um mm. so collaboration is great but I'd never been in that role I wasn't aware of any way that I could um get that role especially as the industry was like closed <laughs> it was yeah. lockdown, so it was like everything's closed <laughs> yeah. um so I thought okay well this is my chance just to play around and see how it feels to be our director mm. and I loved it I really loved it um just being able to pull out a performance from mainly like I say normal people but like n I think one of the people that I got to do the poem was actually an actor by trade Oh, so none. Of, so everyone, most of the people the in it weren't. They weren't actors. Yeah, they were just people that were interested and thought, "Yeah, that sounds cool." Oh, that's sick. Because I assume I just watched it and assumed that was the case. <laughs> yeah. No, wow. they were they were normal people. <laughs> <laughs> normie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sick. I, I and uh, it sounds like the the um what you got out of it was just the finished article because you said you you just wanted to know you could you could do it I always yeah. love when you can like that's when that's the goal it's really freeing right when just oh, having it finished and done is the goal and whatever it does it does mm. and wherever it goes it goes but just knowing that it was created is I guess that's the, the essence of art is like yeah. it's, it's, and, and what becomes complicated is when a price is put on it um and you know there were um there were conversations that i had about that piece about like potentially you know using it as a video campaign for um a friend that was doing something and and you know what i actually got to the point where i just said outright that's not what i want this to be mm. i just want to prove to myself that I can do this. I don't want this to get millions of views. I don't want this, like, I mean, obviously it's cool if it does, but I, that's not my goal here. My goal mm. is to prove myself that I can create something. 
Mm. Um, and yeah, and like you say, it's so freeing when you don't have that like financial pressure or you know producers or things on your back like oh well we've got to get ticket sales or we've got to get this or we've got to like get this many streams or we've got to get this you know all of those things um, yeah. art for art's sake i think is the phrase that i used um mm. which i truly believe in truly believe in it is difficult though isn't it like in this i guess western capital capitalist world to to create art for art's sake because you know people need to eat they need to live they need to pay shit so it's so hard and and the thing is in, in inevitably when that's the case you you do sometimes suffocate the art like you know one of the things i guess i was i that i'd been reading about earlier is I think, oh no i think um what's that guy's name Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. I think he he made some noise a, a couple of weeks ago about the fact that the industry's not being brave with the pieces that they're putting out. Like they're just putting out the same old things that they know are gonna sell. And it's kind of like wa like watering down the content that everyone's getting in a like TV show sense because we're not being bold enough with the storylines and the themes within pieces. It's just like, okay, that works. So we're just going to do an adaptation or something similar to that. Um, and I guess, yeah, that's a, an example of the art being suffocated because of money. Hard. Yeah. yeah, I think it is. I think this is what, like, the beauty of the course that I'm on now is that um, we use the arts. And like I said earlier, like, in a sort of um, <laughs> all of the arts sort of mm. way. So you've got image, you've got, um, so you can paint, you can use oil, you can like canvas, all of these different things. Um, you've got like poetry, which obviously we touched on earlier. We've got puppetry, we've got, um, yeah, drama, we've got dance, movement, like all of those different things that we can use. And as a tool to explore your own like psyche so what we're encouraged to do is like keep an arts journal so it's okay well i'm struggling with this emotion and oh i don't really know how to vocalize it so i'm just gonna like scribble something down or i'm just gonna throw some paint at this page and like see what happens and yeah. it's incredible what happens when you don't have a end goal of oh well i'm gonna make something i'm gonna sell it on etsy and i'm gonna make this amount of money for it and i'm gonna pay my bills and all those things um because the freedom to be wrong it's this boldness that you were talking about freedom to be wrong the freedom to be not so good allows for this new level of creativity that and honestly some of my pictures are just you look at it and go mess <laughs> like it's a mess <laughs> but it's an it's it's a it's a mess in the sense of there are there are components to it that are so I can look back and I go oh yeah because that kind of depicts what I was feeling about that or that you know I can understand why that is there because you know I was thinking about that at that point and and, and so you make meaning of it um mm. and yeah it's this pressure's taken off it's expression for expression's mm. sake for that real true reason of I want to express so I can move this trapped 
energy that is stuck inside of me that is making me sad that is you know treading me down into the ground and that's what dance is like if we go back <laughs> years and years and like thousands of years ago we dance for that ecstatic release we want to release we want to feel alive mm. so yeah i think art in the big word sense <laughs> is is for release and it's for expression and understanding and money byproducts maybe <laughs> yeah is um is is that an insight that you've got from doing um this performance uh therapeutic and um educative application of of the arts is that what you're yeah is that is that something you've got through doing that then like that <laughs> insight and like I said, I, I think um, I kind of, it clicked to me how like powerful the arts were when I was doing the show that I did. Cause I was like, yeah, like I'm able to challenge people's perceptions. I'm able to ask questions. I'm able to do this, that and the other, but like this extra level. And I always knew that when I'd been <laughs> on a night out and had a nice dance <laughs> and like really let my spirit run free and just felt the music I always felt better so it's like it was always there but this uh, diploma that I'm doing at the moment is like okay so this is the evidence to back that this is the neuroscience to back the things that you were feeling so it's almost coming full circle of I've always sort of known it I've always sort of known that yeah creativity like I said earlier creativity is in me like that is just a part of me and actually i would argue that it's in everybody like yeah. we are creative beings we are human beings and we we do we do things we make things we change things we shape things we we move <laughs> we yeah. are fluid we are you know momentous we do things so we are all in a sense creative i think mm. It's in our, it's in our essence. Mm, that way. It's what um, differentiates us, really. Differentiates us from a lot of the animal kingdom. And obviously, you know, there are these beautiful fish that make gorgeous little sculptures in the sand. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's animals oh, cool. that do it as well. There's animals that create these beautiful little swirls in the sand and yeah. But, but I think we, don't give ourselves enough credit for that yeah creative energy that we all have inside us somewhere mm. um, and especially in the western world we're kind of like told that that's just artists or that's just the creative people whereas yeah maths is creativity science is creativity <sighs> is creativity it is the human mind going as far as it can go <laughs> Boy, <laughs> that's big. That's deep. Maths and science being creative, because it it's true. But then, but yeah, yeah, you've got an argument Ooh. there. Yeah, but then, yeah, as well, and then also, if it is true, then what does that say about our understanding of everything that go that's going on in the world, universe? And yeah, you can get real deep with that one. <laughs> I've shot um, myself. I'm like, wow, yeah, no, I've not even considered that, but it's. I think it's yeah. true. 
think it's true. So in in essence, we all have the ability to to bring this out and uh, express express it. Yeah, yeah. I right. think so. That's and, um, I'm guessing that's probably ties into why when you said earlier you when you were reflecting, you really wanted to help like people within the arts and so is that what encouraged you to qualify as a coach um because i know you mentioned that you're you know working with uh people in the sony music group mm-hmm. internship program yeah. so what are you working on those kind of like those kind of concepts or mindsets within that and within that space yeah i mean with coaching it's it's such a beautiful journey because essentially a coach's job is to sit and listen and ask the right questions um and it's been an absolute pleasure to like anyone that I've coached like just to be able to be that human being that allows space for another person to be creative in a way (laughs) um so to to let their mind wander to let their mind just go okay and and actually it's it's got to a point now where I've I've qualified at the beginning of 2020 um with the Mo Foundation doing amazing like coaching training and their whole manifesto is me others everyone um so it's like and and they do the coaching because they can like they they do it for free for people from um impoverished or like disadvantaged backgrounds if you can't afford to do it then they have other people that pay more and you end up with this mix of just people from all different backgrounds doing the training um and it really just teaches you about like empathetic listening and really really absorbing what another person is saying Mm. and being interested because if you actually allow yourself like everybody is so interesting everyone's got their story to tell everyone's got like everything that makes them them everyone is at like a certain point in their life where they're just figuring things out like yeah to be able to be in that space where i'm like sitting opposite someone on a computer mainly at the moment but sitting opposite someone nonetheless like and be that sounding board for someone is hugely fulfilling it's enriching it's like i get to see the creative exploration of another person's mind play out in front of me and i get okay cool so you said this about that i'm just wondering how you feel about this or you said this about that I'm going to say that back to you. So you end up like repeating back in that real active listening, reflecting back, um, making someone feel heard, feel listened to. Um, yeah. A lot of my course at the moment is all about like the power of being listened, listened to um, and and how that really can change, change lives, a secure connection, secure attachment. Um, has yeah has the ability to really just change people's lives for the better um because i think a lot of what's wrong with the world is that we we don't listen to each other we are listening like we we began with like listening to ourselves following our own interests and our own like living in this kind of bubble i suppose 
Mm. And when you start listening to other people and allowing other people to listen to you, it creates, you know, deeper connections, a deeper richness to human, like connection to humanity as a whole. You stop blaming other people for things that you don't like about yourself. You stop like these deep rooted things that actually divide, separate, disconnect, and make us feel mm. inadequate. And so I would, yeah, I would say that I've gone a bit off on like a tangent there, but <laughs> I'd say that coaching is, uh, is, is good work. I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you went so like, you went, just went, yeah, it's good work. Summary. <laughs> oh, you're just like it, it, it. Really, sounds like you're allowing people to like connect with themselves and others ultimately mm. more. So themselves through the art, and then others through them being able to to talk and, and listen and have that 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 back and forth. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, proper rewarding. Yeah. 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 I feel that way sometimes with the podcast actually. Like it's so nice. I, I, I love learning about people's journeys and when you ask questions mm. and people tell you so much, it's like wow. You gain so many different perspectives, you learn things that you didn't even know about. You reflect with on the things that people have said with yourself, like, oh yeah, I've always thought that, or oh right, I've never <laughs> thought of it that way. And if I look at it myself, oh I've done that. So maybe I can stop doing that. It's, it's sick. It, it's um, it's very wholesome. I think yeah. is the better word. Yeah. I think something you said to me like years ago, you were like, "You've yeah. I've, I've held it with me. I've told people this week because I was, knew I was coming on here." Yeah. You were like, "You've got a really colourful personality," and mm. I would argue that not only I have a colourful personality, but everybody does if they get a chance to share that. Mm if they don't feel like they just have to be black and white or, you know, three primary colours, if they get to be the whole kaleidoscope and if you create a safe space for them to be that, they have yeah. that potential. Yeah. Or if they, I guess, if they create that space within themselves and then exactly. to exactly. be that, yeah. I think, I think what's powerful though as well, like in, in kind of a lot of the studies and evidence and theory behind <laughs> the uh the the learnings and things that i'm doing at the moment is it's you can only go so far on your own you can only go so far on like the journey of introspection and learning about yourself and like oh yeah i can you know i i know this about myself and blah, 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 i'm trying to piece it all together but until you have another human being in front of you you mm -hmm. cannot I repeat, you cannot make sense of yourself. Ooh. Like, yeah, you can't. Because you are always, if you're, if you're constantly having just the conversation with you, yeah. it's got nowhere to go. Yeah. It's got nowhere to go. So you end up, you know, running yourself into these little knots and going, oh yeah, but then I think this is true. But then, and sometimes the power in just voicing something even if it's not true, even if it doesn't make sense, even if, you know, the power of that, of going, oh, yeah, well, um, I feel this way. And then the other person going, oh, so you feel this way. 
and then them going, oh, actually, do I? <laughs> do I? Yes. It's almost mm. like another person becomes your canvas for you to yeah. depict, or your page for you to write, or your, mm. yeah. Yeah, because we get to like back it all. We get into our heads exactly. Yeah, we get into our own like jail, like our own heads become like our own jails. Yeah, yeah. I'm even thinking of a situation that happened a couple weeks ago. I'm panicking about something, and someone just goes, "I'm telling, I'm telling um my my housemate about like, oh, and I'm like, oh yeah." And this jail that I'm running around in is just like imprison me, and it's it's just like oh, someone's got a whole different map, and they're like oh yeah, if I add that little pathway there, then yeah, this isn't as. I think that is why isolation is so dangerous. Mm. And that's why this year is going to be like really interesting to see the repercussions of this year, because people have had to isolate. People have had to be locked away with their own minds and suicide rates are up like they are up. they are high I, I know people I can say like in the in the last year I know two people that have committed suicide oh wow man so sorry to hear that um... but it's it, it's the, the danger <sighs> of isolation and the danger of like you said a prison in your own mind and not having someone Ooh. just to say, oh, I'm feeling a bit fed up today. <laughs> Sometimes that's all it takes. I'm feeling a bit fed Ooh. up today. And for that person to go, okay, I hear you. I'm with you. What do you need? How can I help? Therapy. It's really good for that. Therapy. Oh. Even even just talking to people that you know, love and, and trust on a on a level. Yeah. I think so therapy, like this is what I'm training for is um mm. uh, now weighing up whether to go and do the full three years of uh MA and become an oh. integrative <laughs> art psychotherapist at the end of it. But um, <laughs> which is a mouthful, but yeah, I'll be a, a psychotherapist at the end of it. And um, mm. they talk at, at, in the training about kind of secure attachments or secure attachments to other people is mm. good enough. What the problem is, is that some people don't have connections to their family. They don't have secure attachments. They don't have those people that they trust, that they can rely on. And that is where the problem lies and that is where therapists intervene and go okay I am your person that you can build this secure attachment to and I'm not going to let you down and yes everybody has let you down and everybody has you know made you feel inadequate but I am not going to be that person I am going to sit mm. here and I'm going to listen to you and this is your time yeah and you can just unload from that mm. person yeah without fear of the judgment without fear of oh. repercussions that's really freeing even just the act of doing that let alone 
building the pathways out of your jail, just being able to unload. Yeah. Definitely. Um, we're coming towards the end of the podcast, Maisie, and I've got one more, I think, important question, especially yeah. with what we've been discussing for you, uh, what we've been discussing on. Um, with all the things that you've done and experienced, and even the, I guess, the big metamorphosis from being Maisie the actor to now Maisie finding herself, Maisie on the route to becoming a psychotherapist within the guard. What do you envision like yourself going forward? Um, and I guess what advice would you give to people who maybe are stuck, may, maybe not stuck, but in that like actor phase or, or, mm -hmm. or wanting to be that like, what would you say to those people? And what are you trying to achieve now considering things you've been having? I think what springs to mind is all anybody truly has is right now. And it's so cliche and it's so, you know, simple but complex. Yeah. Realistically, we do not know what tomorrow is going to bring. So if we can learn to exist truly not in the future of oh where do i want to go and you know how do i get there and because you become stressed about oh how am i going to get there and like oh maybe if i do this maybe if i do that I'm... jail <laughs> your brain yeah. goes into this like yeah panic mode not existing in the past so not going down the road of oh yeah but if i'd done that differently then maybe i could have done this and then oh maybe i'd be different if if you know this had happened when i was young or maybe like i said earlier or maybe if i had um family in the industry or maybe this or maybe that or you know that's not going to serve you right now mm. what is going to serve you is being fully present in every moment and i would say like smile at the people you see in the street be kind um go above and beyond because I think we're all going to need to be able to help each other and I think that is to repair a broken industry like mm -hmm. we're going to have to be kind we're going to have to look after each other um so yeah look out for each other live in the present moment and give it what you got <laughs> mm -hmm. uh that's a great message. I think that's a great way to, to round off um, the podcast. Thank you for uh, devoting a, a good chunk of your time to, no to jump on the podcast. I think this is this has been a really good one, even for me, just learning more about you. But I think also for anybody who is feeling like they have to be something and and mm. have attached their art and creative. I'm even talking to myself a little bit there too, to their identity and navigating that and the kind of things you've done to, to change that. And that it can, you can come out of that. I think that's a really, really positive way to look at it. You can come out of that if you're feeling doubts about it, you can step out. Um, but we're there to be, like, there will be people that have done it before and there will be there, there will be people there to support you. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, for for those people who watched uh, this podcast and want to follow your journey, wherever it takes you, and want to see the kind of work you're putting out, and I'm sure more direct director pieces are going to be coming out at, at some point. Um, where where can they find you? So I am generally on Instagram. That's like my main mode of connection. Um, and that's maybe underscore. So it's M-A-I-B underscore. And that's it. Um, or LinkedIn. So if you're kind of really, I suppose, into work connections, <laughs> you can kind of um, And if you're looking for some coaching as well, like I, d- I am offering my services to people. Um, so if you find yourself at that kind of, yeah, crossroads, not really knowing how to navigate it, then yeah, give me a bell. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm plugging, I'm plugging this for you guys. If you want that coaching, Maisie's got it for you, you know, in abundance, I can tell. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks again for, for being on the podcast. Everyone listening, if you got to this point, thank you again for listening. Um, on YouTube or Spotify. If you like it, like it, subscribe, do do all that stuff, please. Um, but yeah, we'll hopefully catch you on the next episode. Take care, everyone. Bye.